0: Hey everybody, welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. We are so lucky to have the worship team that we have. I'm telling you, had me up here crying. Ugh. Got my brother-in-law here, he's gonna think I'm soft. You guys can't do that. <laughs> Man, I wanna say something to the worship team. Sorry, I need a drink. We all know that we can't control the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit's going to do what the Holy Spirit does, hence me being a blubbering mess up here. (laughs) You can't control the Holy Spirit, but here's what I want to say to the worship team. You guys are so good at cultivating an environment for the Holy Spirit to be present that it appears as if you guys can control the Holy Spirit, and as a worship team, I don't know if there's a better compliment you can get than that. So I just wanted to let you guys know, and just and just thank you, and just let you guys know how much we appreciate you. Man, I needed that. I was going to start off tonight by giving a word to somebody. When I was preparing this message, I had a word. But then I looked around, and that person wasn't here, so I went into panic mode. I was like, oh my gosh, I... I'm not like an off the top of the head type thinker. I can't freestyle rap or do any of that kind of stuff. (laughs) Whenever the pastors come up here and they're like, well, I had a message prepared, but the Holy Spirit had a different plan, so I'm going to do this instead. I gasp. I'm like, they might as well have just announced to me that they're going to wrestle a lion or something because that's the scariest thing to me. So that being said, I got a curveball thrown at me and I don't really know what to do. I was in panic mode. I was thinking of jokes I could tell. And I only know one Christian joke. (laughs) One joke, period. (laughs) But it's not very good and you guys probably already know it. So, yeah, you sure? Okay. All right, I'll share it. I'll share it. What did Jonah's family say to him? (laughs) <laughs> what did, well, I remember it. This is from like Sunday school. What did Jonah's family say to to him when he told them what happened to him on his way to Nineveh? That sounds fishy. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You guys can blame that on the person who had the word that didn't show up. <laughs> Um, And then I also just want to start, uh, I I promised myself a long time ago that I would never step foot up here to preach a message and not just honor our amazing pastors because they're amazing and they probably don't even want me to because it's uncomfortable to sit there and have people say nice things about you. But it's something I feel strongly that I must do. So I just want to let you guys know just how appreciated you all are. You guys just pour into all of us so much. Yeah. I actually came across a verse recently. It was Hebrews thirteen seven, and it says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And I kind of laughed when I read that verse because I realized that over the past five or six years since I've rededicated my life to God, I've basically just been doing my best, Pastor Abby, Pastor Jake, Pastor Bob, and Pastor Char impersonation. (laughs) And that's okay, because it says right here that we should imitate their faith. And they just represent Jesus so well, and ultimately that's who we wanna imitate is Jesus, right? And so I've just listened to everything they've said, and I've tried to implement it all. And my life has certainly been better because of it. So really, really honor you guys. All right, so we're gonna jump into things. But before we do, I'd like you to bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being present here this evening. And we just submit all control to you tonight, dear God. I, I submit to you all control over my words. Um, I release the feeling of feeling like I have to have every single word calculated and measured. I release the feeling of feeling like I have to remain dignified and cool and calm and collected. And if you want us to get weird, we'll get weird. We'll do whatever you want to do. You're in full control. Just like the song was singing, Our God Reigns, and I declare that truth over this message tonight. May you reign over this meeting. May you reign over this message. May you reign over our souls and our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Okay, so... Is anybody here a people watcher? You guys like that? It's entertaining, isn't it? I consider myself a people watcher too. One of my favorite things is just sitting back and observing the environment around me and just making observations and noticing little patterns and stuff like that. And one thing that I've noticed in all of my people watching is that us as human beings are always searching for something. We're always searching for something, whether it's a new job, a new house, different friends, more friends, um, affirmation, appreciation. We're always in the hunt for something. And I think that there's something to be said about recognizing the things that you have and appreciating them. But I also don't think it's a bad thing that we're never fully content and we're always searching for things. Because when you think about it, a lot of us came to know the Lord because we were searching for something, right? We were wandering around searching for fulfillment, searching for our purpose in life, searching for uh, a sense of belonging. And in our quest to find those things, maybe we tried a few things that worked for a little bit, but then they quit working. And maybe we tried some things that didn't work at all. Maybe we tried some things that even hurt us. But in our quest to find those things, we eventually came to Jesus, and we found all of those things in Jesus. Amen? So it's not a bad thing that we're searching for stuff. A lot of times our searches cause us to make progress, and they actually take you to the next chapter in your life. And I was looking at the scripture behind it, And the Bible, on multiple occasions, like dozens and dozens of times, actually encourages us to search. And it even tells us what to search for. So that narrows it down quite a bit. Google's got nothing on the Word of God. Um, It says that we should seek first the kingdom of God. It says in Matthew 7, 8, the one who seeks, finds. Now, in my people-watching, I've also noticed that as human beings, our life is just a series of seasons, and we hear that a lot, it's probably especially in in church, right? Like, oh, I need some prayer, I'm going through a really difficult season right now, or, you know, I think I'm coming into a really good season, I feel really good, I feel some confidence, everything's going good. Have you guys ever gone through a bad season? Yeah, me too. A lot of them. (laughs) But God takes us through every single one of them. So gathering all that information, I put it together, and I've developed a kind of routine that I like to do, and I'd like to share it with you guys. Every so often, I try to sit down, usually in my prayer time, and I try to reflect, and I say, okay, what was the last season I was in? What season did I just come out of? And And then I ask myself, what did I find in that season? What knowledge did I gain through that season? What lessons did I learn? What wisdom did I find when I was going through that? And I spent some time just pondering that. And then after that, I ask myself, okay, what season am I in right now? And what am I expecting to find in this season? What am I searching for? What do I need? What do I need to take me to that next chapter, right? To that next place I'm trying to go. So I want to propose a question to you guys just to keep in the back of your mind as we go through this message tonight. I wanted to ask you guys, what are you looking for right now? In this current season of your life, what are you looking for? You know, my wife and I, Recently went on a trip, just the two of us, to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and it was awesome. It was much needed. It had been since our honeymoon three years ago since we got away, just the two of us. So. And I can't advocate enough for married couples to do that because it's so important. We can get so caught up with our jobs and with being a mom and dad that we kind of put being a husband and wife on the back burner so often. And so I just think it's really important. And I suppose we even went on our trip in search for something, in search for sleep. <laughs> we got three beautiful kids, and we got jobs that require us to wake up pretty early. And I'm not complaining because both those things are blessings, but I'm just saying, retired sometimes. <laughs> we were searching for just, you know, connection and just intimacy and just a just a closeness with each other you know and we found it and it was a, an awesome trip I think we're gonna do that more often that's what we decided so we were at Myrtle Beach and our favorite thing to do was go to the ocean we've only seen the ocean we, we can count on one hand how many times we've seen the ocean but it blows us away every time we see it it's just so humbling you know it's just refreshing, and we enjoy it. And our hotel was only a block away from the beach, so we spent most of our time at the beach. And every single day, we would go there multiple times, and our favorite thing to do was walk on the beach. And so, of course, while we're going on our walks, we're talking and stuff, and we're thinking about our kids, obviously, and we want to take home something uh, that they'll think is cool. So, as we're going on our walks, we're looking for seashells, right? And then we kept hearing from the locals, we heard from like four or five people that it's really easy to find shark teeth at the beach. So we were like, oh, that's cool. I had planned already on getting the girls uh, some kind of like shark tooth bracelet or something anyway, but I thought it'd be so much cooler if there were real shark teeth from the ocean that I found. I would be like the best dad ever (laughs) in their eyes. (laughs) So every single day, and we were there for, I think like five days or something, right? We were there for like five days, and every single day we're walking this beach. And they're like, oh, they're everywhere. You can find shark teeth all over the beach. They're sprinkled everywhere. Like three days we've been walking this beach, just putting the miles on, getting our steps in. (laughs) Haven't found a single shark tooth. Getting kind of disappointed, but it's still, that's not like the whole point of the trip, obviously, (laughs) to come home (laughs) with shark teeth. So, like our fourth day there was one of our last days there. We decided we wanted to get up kind of early and watch the sunrise over the ocean. So the sunrise, I believe, was at 6.30. So we got up at like 6. We walked over there. We watched the sunrise, and it was beautiful and amazing. Then we decided to walk the beach, and everyone told us, they said, right away in the morning at sunrise is the best time to find the shark teeth. (laughs) They said, I'm not a marine biologist, but it's something to do with the tide and stuff, and that's the best time to find seashells and shark teeth, they told us. So we listened to them. So we went on the, our walk, after we watched the sunrise, we went on our walk, and we're looking for shark teeth, once again, no shark teeth. So we sat down in our spot on the beach, and we took out our daily devotional, because we are in the 40-day tune-up holler. Woo! Yeah, that's the tune squad. That's, <laughs> you like that? That's what I dubbed us, the tune squad. So we're in the 40-day tune-up, and part of the 40-day tune-up is we're going through this daily devotional together. So after our walk, our morning walk, we sat down on the beach, we opened our daily devotion, we started reading it, and there's like no one at the beach at this this time of the day. It's pretty much us, and then there's like a couple people walking the beach with those metal detectors. They're looking for treasure or something. (laughs) Yeah, so we're reading our daily devotional, and this woman that's doing her metal detector thing, comes over to us. And I should say this too. Everybody in the South is so nice. They are so nice. It's like, I don't know if it has something to do with the whole Southern hospitality thing or with that whole Bible Belt thing down there in the South. But everyone's just, oh, hi, how how are you, darling? And I have a really good Southern accent, I found out. (laughs) So this woman comes over to us and she goes, Excuse me, are y'all reading some scripture over here? And I said, yeah, actually we are. And I showed her what we were reading. And she goes, oh, I think that's amazing. It's so inspiring to me when I see young people like you guys reading some scripture. And so we just got to talking to her for a bit. And we told her a little bit about you guys and about our church and the 40-day transition and kind of what that is. And then she told us a little about her. She told us she has a 25-year-old son who's a missionary And it was really cool, and it just seemed like God was all over this interaction. And then I looked at her metal detector, and I said, have you found anything valuable this morning at the beach? And she said, no, you know, I did what I always do. I looked for a few minutes. I got frustrated when I didn't find anything. Then I got sidetracked, and I started just collecting shark teeth. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, no way. We've been looking for days for shark teeth, and we haven't found any of them. Where are you finding them? And she goes, oh, they're everywhere. And she reached in her pocket, pulled out this handful of shark teeth. (laughs) Sam here, have you ever seen a shark tooth necklace? Yeah. If I asked you to describe a shark tooth to me, what would you say? Yeah. (laughs) Like a triangle, what color? like grayish, whitish. Okay, yeah. See, that's what I, my only point of reference as to what a shark tooth was, was a shark tooth necklace that you buy in the gift shop and stuff. And when she held out her hand, that is not what I saw. I saw these little, I'm going to show you. I brought them. I gave most of my shark teeth away, but you guys probably can't see from where you're at, but they're these tiny little black. Yeah, right? I thought they were white. Every shark tooth necklace I've seen the I don't know if they only take those from the sharks with good dental hygiene or what. <laughs> I think what they do is they bleach them because they don't think anyone will buy a black dirty tooth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm show you. Check this out. Shark tooth. Shark tooth, right? What? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, Sam, I want to give this to you, too, because it's cool. Thank you for participating. (laughs) I was looking up symbolism of what shark teeth represented, because I thought maybe it might have something to do with what the Lord was speaking to me. And I couldn't find any biblical reference, but for what it's worth, like every single culture in the world Um, believes that they symbolize masculine strength. And you symbolize masculine strength. Yeah. (laughs) 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 So she holds out her hand. She shows us these shark teeth. And I realized immediately, I was like, oh, I have no idea what a shark tooth looks like. What I thought a shark tooth was, was a complete lie. It was that white, triangular, sharp thing about this big that you see in all the gift shops and stuff. And so so she goes, here, take one. She gave us one of her shark teeth. And she goes, now you'll know what you're looking for. So I took it, and I started walking the beach, and it was like my eyes had been opened. I had, like, shark teeth x-ray vision. (laughs) I could see shark teeth sprinkled all over this beach, just like everyone had told me. I realized that I was walking over the very thing I was looking for the whole trip, but I had no idea because I had a false belief. (laughs) I love you guys. (laughs) So... (laughs) So I'm walking, and I'm just collecting shark teeth. And within minutes, I have like a handful, too many. I was like, I've been swimming in that water all week. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how many shark are, sharks are in there that this is how many teeth they have sprinkled about? So, but within minutes, I have like this handful of shark teeth, and my, my spirit is just stirring from the whole interaction. Just the fact that it started with us reading scripture and her son being a missionary, and I knew God was trying to speak something to me. Do you guys ever have that? Where it, Someone says something to you, and you hear it with your ears, but you also hear it in your spirit, too. So that's the best I can do to describe it. So I'm collecting these shark teeth, and my, my spirit is just stirring. And I'm just, like, spending time with the Holy Spirit and just, like, trying to figure out what it means. And I realized that once somebody exposed the false beliefs that I had, my eyes were open, and I could easily find what I was looking for. So I sat with that thought for a second. And after some time, the Lord showed me that there's a lot of people out there right now that are searching for something that's right in front of their face, but they can't see it because of the lies that they've been told or the false beliefs that they have. Whether it's false beliefs about themselves or who God is or what God is capable of, maybe you've been asking forgiveness. And in this season, you've been searching for forgiveness. You're tired of feeling condemned. And you just want to be forgiven. And you've been repenting and repenting and seeking forgiveness. And that forgiveness has been right in front of you the whole time to claim. But you weren't able to see it because you thought that you were unworthy of being forgiven. Sometimes the answers that we're searching for are right in front of us, but we can't see them because we're believing lies. But just like the shark teeth... If we're searching with the proper perspective, it's way easier to find the answers that are right in front of our face. So if we don't want to miss the answers that are right in front of our face, that we are seeking out with our souls and with our spirits that we've been searching for, then what is the proper perspective that we should have? What perspective, what mindset do we need to go into these situations with So I looked into it. Now, would you guys go to Second Corinthians five with me? You guys go to Second Corinthians five. And I'm going to read verses 16 through 21. And if you guys haven't already, underline these passages or highlight them or something. These passages are so important, and I think that it's really important. I think God wants us to get this scripture inside of us, this scripture in particular. So it says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. No longer. right there and it's just packed with revelation and encouragement and and so much. So we're going to dissect that and jump into it and kind of decipher what it's saying there. But before we do, I want you guys to look at that last verse there. The last line where it says, "In him we might become the righteousness of God." And I want to say before we go forward that anytime we are entering into a situation, we need to go into it That we are righteous children of God. That's the mindset that we need to have, or we're gonna miss what's in front of us. So let's break down what that means. What does it mean to be a righteous child of God? Well, the definition of righteous is morally upright and free from sin. Now, I don't know about you guys, but sin free is not the best way to describe me. I've sinned a lot in my life, I've made a lot of mistakes. Anybody else? Yes. Thank you for not lying to me. Because (laughs) the Bible tells us that all of us are sinners. It says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then it says in 1 John 1.8, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So if we are flawed, sinful human beings then how can we be righteous children of God, right? So what these verses are saying here is that, yes, us by ourselves, we're flawed, we're sinful, we fall short of the glory of God. But what it's saying here is that Jesus was more powerful than sin. He had been tempted by sin in every single way we have, and he overcame it all. It couldn't touch him because he was more powerful than sin. And so he, because he loves us so much, he died on the cross for us. And that perfect, sinless blood washed over us, making us righteous sons of God and and daughters of God. So when God is looking at me from his throne up in heaven, he's not looking at sinful, flawed Jake Bradway. I'm covered under the umbrella of righteousness That comes only from the blood of God. So before he looks at me, he sees me through the righteousness of God. Shout out to my wife for buying the perfect red umbrella for that. (laughs) That's what that means to be a righteous child of God. And sometimes it's hard for us to believe because we don't feel like it. We know everything we've done, right? We know every terrible thought we've had. We know every sin we've committed. We know how unworthy of that we are. So it's hard for us to get that perspective that we are righteous children of God. But because of the blood of Jesus, because God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us, we did nothing to earn it. We did nothing to deserve it. But because of that, we get to be righteous children of God. And that's the gospel. Gospel means good news, but it's not just any good news. It's the good news. It's the best news. It's what we just went over. You know, the Bucks won the championship. That's good news, but that ain't the gospel. <laughs> you know, even financial testimonies, those are great news. I love sharing them, but all the financial testimony is, is a side effect of the gospel, The reason why financial testimonies and healings and miracles get to happen is because we are covered under the umbrella of righteousness because of the blood of Jesus. And the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we start to see ourselves the way he sees us. And the more time we spend with him and the deeper our relationship grows with him, the more we start to see all of those around us as righteous children of God, too. And we start to see everything that they're capable of, and we start to see the value in them. You know, the worst kind of Christians to be around are the ones who think being a righteous child of God is some kind of club that you have to be um, good enough to get into. If being a Christian is a club, it's the easiest club to get into, Because the minute Jesus died on the cross, we were all invited. Our umbrella of righteousness is sitting there waiting for us, and all we have to do is grab it. So what happens when we finally get that perspective in us? What does it mean to be a righteous son or daughter of God? Well, it means you have certain rights as a righteous child of God. You inherit because of that sacrifice, that selfless act that Jesus did on the cross. Because of that, you get to inherit certain rights because of that. And again, these are things we don't deserve. You know what we are? We're pretty much like, you know what, in school, my favorite thing was group projects. Because everybody knows in a group project, the smartest person does all the work. You sit back and relax. You turn in the project and you get the same grade as the person that did all the work, right? All of us are basically just me in high school. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. But we did nothing. We didn't, Jesus did everything. And it was just out of the sheer love that he has for us. So what kind of rights do we have as righteous children of God? Just like being an American citizen, we have certain rights. We have the Bill of Rights. We have the Constitution. And what those documents tell us is that as a citizen of this nation, we are entitled to certain rights. We have the right to bear arms. We have the right to free speech. We have the right to worship our God. Well, just like that, you have, you have inherited certain rights that you're entitled to as a righteous child of God. So what are some of those things? There's, I mean, I could go on all day, but I've highlighted a few of them here. The first thing is that we get to have eternal life in heaven. How amazing is that? John eleven twenty five says, Jesus said, "I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die." Um, another right that we have as righteous children of God is we don't have to walk in fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God will never give you the spirit of fear. Another right we have, we don't have to listen to any lies that we hear from the enemy or from negative people in our lives. Have you ever come across someone who wanted to hold your past against you? I just recently had an interaction like that. Sierra and I were, were just out and about and I came across a person who I knew back in the day, my, before Christ days. <laughs> and I wasn't a very good person, like if I'm being transparent. And within about, and, and I thought it'd be cool so much time had passed and everything, but within I'd say five to 10 seconds of my interaction with this person, they made sure to let me know that they hadn't forgotten what I did, that I'm not forgiven for what I did, and that they actually think less of me. And so I was able to remove myself from the situation and Sierra and I were talking about it after we left and we were talking about it and we were like, if that same, if I would have had that same interaction seven years ago, it would have devastated me. It would have caused me to go down in a tailspin and hit rock bottom and I would have thought those things that they thought, I would have thought those about myself and I probably would have tried to numb the sting of the interaction by drinking or doing something. But I, I, because I'm a righteous child of God, and because I know that, because I know what I'm entitled to, I know that he's just not seeing me through the blood of Jesus. He's not seeing me the way God sees me. And instead of getting upset about it, I actually felt bad for this person, because they probably view themselves, they, if they don't see other people the way God sees them, he probably doesn't see himself that way either. And I actually felt really bad for him. And, and, uh, but it didn't affect me at all. We were able to go on. We ended up having a, an amazing day that day. And we just, just moved on right past it. Another thing is that we actually have authority over our enemies. You guys, as righteous children of God, if you've accepted Christ into your life, you have authority over your enemies. Deuteronomy 28.7 says, The Lord will grant, that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. There's not a foe on this earth, there's not a devil in hell that can come against you and defeat you, because you have the Spirit of God inside of you. You're entitled to that power, and don't forget it. Another right is that we get to walk in confidence, we get to walk in confidence and we get to see ourselves as valuable as God sees us. Psalm 139.14 says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. It's sad because the world right now is just riddled with anxiety. And all that tells me is that it's riddled with people who have no idea who they are no idea what they're capable of because they don't see themselves the way God sees them. They're not looking at themselves as righteous sons and daughters of God. We got people pulling out of the Olympics. We got our best athletes in the world who are pulling out of the Olympics because they can't handle the pressure of feeling like they have to prove something to someone. They're so riddled with anxiety that they feel like if they don't perform or if they don't, um, they don't perform to the best of their abilities— that they're not going to be loved or that people are going to think less of them. But if they knew who they were in Jesus, they would never think any of that stuff. They'd be able to go out there. They'd be able to do what God designed them to do. They'd be able to use the gifts that God gave them, and they would have fun doing it. Another right we have is that we never have to be alone or handle any situation alone. Isaiah 41.10 says, "Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand with my righteous right hand." And the last thing I have here and this is and, and again, look at this as your bill of rights that you're entitled to as righteous children of God. The other thing I have is that we are equipped to do any task that He assigns us. Second Timothy 3:17 says, the man, of, "The man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work." And this is why that mindset that we're righteous children of God is so important, because maybe you've been searching in this season, you've been searching for your purpose, and you've been asking God for your purpose. And maybe he has showed you through words from your leaders or stuff like that, but the the answer you keep getting is something that you don't feel you're capable of doing. But if you were looking at yourself as a righteous child of God, you would know that he would never give you any kind of assignment and not equip you with the tools that you need to do it. So these are the rights that we're entitled to, and we didn't earn any of them. But because God loves us so much, he sent his perfect, flawless son to die on the cross for us, washing us in his blood and reconciling us to himself. And this is the life that we get to walk in. And I just feel like this isn't like a long message or anything, but I feel like it's an important one. And I feel like God would like to, in this season at least, in every season, just remind us of who we are and the authority that we carry with us as righteous children of God. So what do we do once we've finally adopted that mindset? Once you've finally gotten it through to you that you are a righteous child of God. After after we've done that, we help everybody around us adopt that perspective as well. Back to my shark story. Once the lady gave me her shark tooth and I knew what to look for and I was finding all these shark teeth. I was just having a blast. I'm just collecting all these shark teeth. And we walked past this grandma and I, when I found one. And the grandma goes, did you just find a shark tooth? And I said, yeah, we did. And she goes, oh, my grandson wanted me to find some for him, but I don't think I'm going to have any luck. And I said, no, they're everywhere. It's just like me, she just didn't know what to look for. So I gave her one for my collection, and I, just like the lady did for us. And I said, here, now you'll know what you're looking for. And then right away, she was able to see them and find them. And that's what we have to do with the gospel, too. Once we've adopted that mindset, once we've gotten that into us, once we know who we are, our job is to make every single person around us understand that too because it'll change their life. It'll save their soul for eternity. And not only will and not even that, it'll change their life here on this earth because they're going to have a better quality of life when they understand who they are and who they're capable of. They're going to have all those rights that we just went over and so many more that we didn't have time to get to. But I would encourage you guys to spend time in the word and as you go through it and as you spend more time with God he'll show you everything you're capable of through the word can i get someone to jump on the piano for me please thank you bobby It's so important that we help all of those around us adopt that mindset. Did you know you can change the lineage of your coworker's family? If you can get them to understand that they're a righteous child of God, they're going to pass that knowledge down to their children. And it's going to literally change their lineage. It's going to change their family tree. So don't underestimate the importance of that. Would you guys stand with me? I started off by asking you guys what you're looking for in this season that you're in. And I'm not sure what you're looking for. But you're going to increase your chances of finding out those answers if you can go into it with the mindset that you're a righteous son or daughter of God. Say it with me. Say, I am a righteous child of God. Declare that over yourself every single day until it gets ingrained into you. I don't know what it is you're looking for, but I know for me, for a a big part of my life, it was the feeling of being good enough. And I tried a lot of different things. But the more time I spent with God, the more time I developed a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the more I was able to see myself the way God sees me. And I still struggle with it at times. It's a, it's a everyday battle. Every day got to wake up and tell yourself, this is who I am, this is what I'm capable of. And if you don't tell yourself that every day, you're going to go days and you're going to forget. And I've, like I said, it's an everyday battle. Every time I come up here, it's an inner battle in me. Am I good enough to do that? And the thing that helps me is going through all of my rights. And I know that he wouldn't have brought me up here or he wouldn't have put me in charge of a cell or all those things I would have never thought I was capable of. He would have never saw that in me or assigned those things to me and not equipped me with everything I needed to do that successfully for him. I'm going to ask you guys to do a few things. First of all, would you mind closing your eyes? The first thing I'm going to ask out of you is if you haven't already, I'm going to ask you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you were listening here today and you thought, hey, being a righteous child of God sounds like a pretty good deal. I'd like to claim my umbrella of righteousness. If that's you, and if you felt any kind of that tugging on your heart, I'd like you to raise your hand. Awesome. Awesome. All right, and the next thing I'm going to ask you to do, and this might be even harder than the first thing. The next thing I'm going to ask you to do is accept yourself. Accept your true identity as a righteous child of God who's capable of doing anything through Jesus. Anything Jesus wants them to do, you're capable of doing it. Adopt that mindset and turn away from all of those lies and false beliefs that you've spoken over yourself or you've believed over yourself or others have spoken over you. And the third thing I'm going to ask you to do, now that you see yourself the proper way, I'm going to ask you to go out and help every single person around you see themselves that way as well. Because like we talked about, it's going to save their souls. It's going to do more than that. It's going to change their life. It's going to change their marriage. It's going to change their financial situation. It's going to change their inner confidence. It's going to change their self-esteem. It's going to fix their anxiety. It's going to eliminate fear. So don't underestimate the importance of that. Now while your guys' eyes are closed, I'm just going to pray and let you guys get out of (sighs) here. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you that even though we don't deserve to be called righteous children of God, you saw us that way, so you sent your son to die on the cross for us so that we could live we could live as righteous children of God. And I pray that you would expose, expose any false belief or any lie that we believe over ourselves and we rebuke those things right now in the powerful name of Jesus. We claim our identity as righteous children of God today and we walk in that as we leave here. And I pray that you would just help us to remember every single day what you did for us. And who we are because of it. I thank you for all these people here. I thank you for the purpose that you've placed on their life. I thank you for the amazing things that you've called them to do. I thank you for the future souls that are going to be won because of them. I thank you for the fact that our community is going to be changed because we're going to walk out here in our full authority that we inherited. And I just thank you for everything that's to come. We love you so much, and may you just be glorified and made famous in every single thing that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, guys. If you want prayer, I'm going to hang around, and I wouldn't mind praying for you. (laughs) Otherwise, you guys are welcome to go. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all and we'll see you next time.